A cult faces its greatest challenge when one of its two leaders dies. Her death will ultimately lead the group down a very dark path. This week, we dive into part two of the Heaven's Gate cult. I'm Brittany. And I'm Daniel. Let's get chilled and thrilled. Gosh, this weather is delicious. Can you say the weather is delicious? Well, I just did. So what are you going to do about it? It's the most flavorful weather I've felt in a long time. It's wonderful. No, we've got a a nice cool front pushing through in Texas and it is just wonderful. We've got the windows open. We've got a fresh breeze blowing through and you know, when you open up your house, even if you've got an AC going, it just kind of feels stuffy and you open it up and all of a sudden it just, everything feels better. It's like the energy changes in your house. And, oh, I love this time of year. I want more of it. You know what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to gather up a bunch of Halloween decorations and set them out around the TV so you can take a picture of your legs with fuzzy socks on in the beginning of a scary movie or a Halloween movie on TV so you can put that on Instagram. That's a great fucking idea. That's so original. I can't believe nobody's ever thought of that before. Oh, I have to have a cup of coffee. Something on in a my mug. Knee, in oh, a on mug. your knee. Okay. Yeah, like as I'm in a, in a remote in the other hand, and Netflix, Netflix and chill. <laughs> no, you have to have like the beginning, the title screen of of uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, or maybe Hocus Pocus up on the screen. Oh yes. I think for you it would probably be Ernest Scared Stupid though. Yes. Okay, huge shout out to anyone out there who knows who Ernest P. Worrell is. Well, of course. And if you think that Ernest Scared Stupid is just the best Ernest movie ever and that that is a classic and, oh my gosh. It's definitely better than the one where he saves Christmas. I, and that's like one of the better ones. I can quote that whole damn movie. I love Ernest Scared Stupid. So good. I don't want to go off on a tangent on that, but <laughs> oh, we need to watch that. It, I just, it just occurred to me. It's the middle of October, and we have not watched Hocus Pocus like as a family, and we haven't watched Ernest Scared Stupid. This is the time, or Nightmare Before Christmas, or Coraline. We have me you and the kids that? watch it. Okay, yeah. we were jamming out. We were all singing karaoke to the soundtrack the other night when I was doing laundry. Yeah. But but then at the same time, see, it's weird because we do this all year. We watch Halloween movies, Christmas movies. It doesn't matter. We watch it anytime we want mm-hmm. to. Some people like just save those for this time. But I realized it's October. We haven't even watched those this month. So that's weird. We got to put that on the to-do list, along with the Instagram picture, like you said, of all the Halloween stuff. I don't know how we're going to do that because we just mounted our TV over the fireplace. But Going to have to put the camera really low. We need a fire a, going in the fireplace. Angle. We got that creosote sweeping log that I bought from Walmart because yeah, we for, haven't done a fire in this new house yet. Yeah, new so house. Let's, let's hope probably, that fire goes. We should test it first. Call a chimney sweep or something. And yeah, test actually, it out first, we but, probably should. Safety first before yeah, we light a fire. But money. for the for the cost of of or the price of doing a really cool Instagram photo, having <laughs> this house go up in flames, it might be worth it. We we're, could we're just covered get your, with insurance. Get right? your little electric fake fireplace heater out of the attic. <laughs> yes, the one that looks like. A little uh, kettle or a little cast iron. Oh, we do need to get that. 
We can have ambiance when we tell our scary stories. Oh, and speaking of scary stories, I have part two of the Heaven's Gate cult. Are you excited? Have you been waiting for this all week? Yes. You left me hanging last week, and I've been waiting to find out what happens with all this stuff. So I cannot wait to hear the, all the crazy details, because if it's anything like the first half, I'm going to be left shaking my head over here. And I think you're going to be doing plenty of that with this. So Scratching my head and shrugging my shoulders. and You might even have a few cringes here and there. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into part two of Heaven's Gate. All right. I have an exciting announcement for y'all about Instacart. In addition to shopping your favorite stores from the comfort of your couch, you can now shop, are you ready for this? Spirit Halloween using Instacart. Are you freaking out yet? I know I am. Spirit Halloween is the largest Halloween specialty retailer in the country with over 1,400 locations across North America. They offer a one-stop shop for all your Halloween needs, including costumes, decor, party goods, and accessories. We already love the convenience of Instacart because they connect you with personal shoppers in your area to shop for and deliver the items you need from your favorite stores. And they save you money with coupons and time with deliveries in as little as one hour. Follow the link in the show notes to claim free delivery on your first order over $35. Using the link lets Instacart know that we sent you and helps show your support for our show. Spooky season is in full swing, so while you're shopping for your groceries and household items, why not treat yourself to something spooky from Spirit Halloween with Instacart. I just want to start real quick with a recap of what happened last time. I do highly recommend that y'all go back if you haven't listened to part one. That has all the information, so this recap may give you an okay place to start, but really you're going to get the best benefit of listening to the second part if you listen to the first part first. Yes. So here's a little recap. The cult Heaven's Gate was started in the early 70s with T and Doe, that's Bonnie Lou Nettles and Marshall Applewhite, and they were referring to themselves as the two from Revelations 11, and they believed that they were aliens that were going to take their followers to the next level The next level is outer space slash heaven. It's a paradise. And you didn't have to die in order for them to take you. You could leave in your earthly body. They had very, very strict rules about living and preparing to be in this next level. For example, no sex, no alcohol, no drugs, no earthly attachments of any kind. So no kids, no family, no relationships, and no gender. That's just to name a few things. So the group lives this way in isolation up until 1985 when T, that's Bonnie, dies, suddenly dies of cancer. So that's where we're going to start part two, right after she dies in 1985. And if you remember from part one, Dallas has a little bit of a history thing here because her ashes were scattered in White Rock Lake. Yep. Which is scary because... I, that's my old stomping grounds is right around White Rock Lake. So did a lot of fishing in that lake, probably caught some fish that had bits of Bonnie in it. (laughs) But this was well after people had been seeing that ghost out there. So I've already told you the white lady is not, no, it's not related to the lady in white or whatever you want to call it. That's an old, old story. So 
And most store, no, most places, most lakes have a lady of the lake or a lady in white story. So it's 1985 and T suddenly dies of cancer. And this really messes up the original teaching, which was you don't have to die to get to the next level. T and Doe said that they were going to be killed, then resurrected, and then they were going to ascend to the mothership together and take all of their followers. Well, it's uh, not really working out like that because she's dead. So they're thinking, how do we carry on? What does this mean? Yeah, and everything that had been happening up to that point is that they would make all these predictions. They would go out up on the hill and wait for the aliens to show up and take them away, and it didn't happen. And then they had to cover for that and go, oh, it was just a test. All these things are just tests. But now they have a fundamental challenge to this ideology or this theology or whatever they invented that's completely opposite to what's actually going on when she dies and and I think I've been keeping it a secret. So like you said, it was so sudden. It's a shock, I can imagine. Yeah. Doe's over there going, I'm not sure I can lead this class. That's what they called the group of followers, the class, without T, without her. And this is going to be one of those examples that we saw in part one and we're going to see more in part two where the power between the leader having the power and then the followers having the power keeps getting flip-flopped. So Doe is like, I don't know if I can go forward. I can't lead y'all. And the followers are like, no, you can. We believe in you, Doe. Wherever you lead, we're going to follow you. And so Doe's like, well, I guess you're right. Then they all band together and move forward. But what does this mean? It's time to revise. This is what Doe comes up with to explain T's departure. T's physical body, her human body, was weak, and her alien soul was just so strong it couldn't handle it. She has returned to the next level early, and as Daniel said, it's just another test to weed out who's going to be the true believers, who's going to stay with us. Now, Doe lets the group members all go home shortly after Bonnie dies, which is really weird. And I think, and a lot of historians think, that this was so Doe would have some time alone to grieve, which, again, this, there's so many contradictions in pretty much every cult, but in this cult particularly, he sends the group members back to their families to have, you know, just some family time. It's completely against having the earthly attachments, but he sends them home and then he's also grieving, which why are you grieving for an earthly attachment with T? I can go on and on about that, but yeah. it's very odd. It doesn't align with their teaching, but that's what they do. So the group goes away for a couple days. They visit their family and then they all come back together. Doe decides and starts teaching that T is still with us, at least in spirit form. And they act like she's still there. He's send, She is sending messages to him, he claims, through the next level. And whenever they have these meetings, they set up a chair for Doe at the front. Then they set up a chair for T at the front right next to him. There's no one in that chair, but they think that she's still there. I, maybe a touching tribute, maybe a little psychotic, I don't know. Maybe a little from column A, a little column from column B. B. What yeah. I think is when he sent everybody home, I think he did that mostly so he could have some time to think and figure out what kind of nonsense he was going to make That's up next. Point. 
without everybody looking at him and asking what to do next the whole time. He's like, I need to figure this out. That's a good And then point. he has this light bulb. Aha, she's still here. We just can't see her. Yeah. I I think that's a, probably what happened, a very good viewpoint. So the group continues preparing for the next level. That's what they've been doing this whole time since the early 70s, preparing. Their rules get more restrictive, what they can eat, can't eat, what they can do, how they can do it. And it gets more strange because T's not there to keep dough in check. He's making this up as he goes. And T was kind of that main leader. She was the one who had all this knowledge. She's gone. He didn't have all that knowledge. So he's just kind of whatever he thinks is best is going to be what they do. And the members all follow. A lot of the male followers as you might imagine, we're struggling with these no earthly attachments, particularly when it comes to the air quotes primitive sexual urges. Around early the early 90s, this idea comes up from the followers, not from Doe, of a way to have a solution about these urges. The idea, the solution, is surgical castration. Nope. Yeah. No, thank you. All the men in here go, nope. No, I'm good. Not today, (laughs) Satan. Not today, Satan. Not today, Doe. But it's interesting because um, Doe's like, well, 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 hold on. We can talk about this because we're a group and we're open, but I'm not getting any message from T at the moment. So, and I wasn't sure exactly how surgical castration worked. I thought... It meant like everything below the penis was cut off. But in case you aren't familiar what with what this process is, is they open up the scrotum, you know, your ball sack, and they take out the testicles within the scrotum and then close it back up. So if you've ever seen a dog that's been neutered, at first, you know, it's kind of swollen up. And then because the testicles are taken out, the ball sack kind of shrinks up and then you don't really see it that much anymore. That's essentially what the surgical castration is. So Doe's saying, okay, we're talking about it. It's just an idea, but you know, I'm not getting any direction. Let's just not move forward right now. I think that solidifies even more the sort of the structure that was there before to where they were both sort of co-leaders, but she was the real leader. Now that she's gone and he's the supposed only leader, he's deferring to her when she's not even there anymore. That's a really good point. I never thought of that like that. And he's just never sort thought of, of it that way. He's just sort of a intermediary between her and, and a messenger at that point. I have been studying this cult for weeks and I did not make that connection until just now. Thank yes, you. I did a thing. Thank you, Daniel. You did a thing. High five, air five. Okay. So several men, because they say Hey, let's just, I'm not getting a message on this. Let's not do it. Just simmer down now. Yeah, simmer down, simmer down. Several men start petitioning Doe for this operation. They keep bringing it up. They want to do this. They're gung-ho. So Doe finally gives in. They look around, but there's no one in the U.S. who's going to do this operation during this time. So they end up going to Mexico, and they find someone who sort of kind of does this for some other kind of thing. But they've got the tools, and Daniel has the scaredest, cringest face on his... That <laughs> sounds like 
an amazing idea. I think that's the best thing, the best idea they had the whole time. Let's go to Mexico because they're really known for their high standards of safety and (laughs) cleanliness. Don't sue us people from Mexico. Oh, but yeah. Okay, I won't even lump Mexico, just people who go to South America to get cheap surgeries because they're cheap. There's a probably reason they're cheap. Yeah, say it that way. If you go somewhere outside the U.S. that is offering just, you know what, anywhere, and you get like this really cheap lowball offer, sure, I can do it for this much. Hmm, maybe that's not really the best thing to do. Maybe they're just after your money and they're going to say, yeah, I'll do it for this much, but it just... Buyer beware. They're really a plumber with a lab coat? Or they're like an op- oh, optrician God. or something? I don't even have <laughs> balls, and I'm I'm cringing at that thought. Um, oh, so I want somebody out there to, yeah, that's going to be one of our first quotes here. Um, I don't even have balls. That can be a quote that someone needs to put on a shirt. <laughs> and, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of podcasts out there will have funny quotes, and fans will make artwork and stuff like that. And I want that. I want my face and a quote. I don't even have balls. But dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Somebody make that. I want that on a shirt. So they go and they find someone who sort of kind of can do the surgery and, you know, the price is right. And uh, for this guy, the price is wrong, apparently, because Uh the first guy has it and he has some major issues. All the group that goes with them, which it's not the entire group because not everybody knows that these several guys want to do this. So it's kind of a small group of them that want to do it that go down there for this first surgery. They're all standing around, which tells you a lot about the, you know, cleanliness and everything of this surgery. Well, you know, I don't know because I was there when you had your vasectomy. Mm -hmm. can't say it. Vasectomy. So you can't say it. I was there in the room and I watched it. You're like, oh, what are you doing now? What's that? Daniel's like, I'm not looking down. I'm not looking down. That was amazing. No, but this was like a group of people standing around for a pretty major surgery. Like you have to be knocked out, I think, for that. Like, I mean, they do it for dogs. So yeah, they knock them out. That's true. So they're all standing around and they're watching after they do this surgery and they stitch them up. This guy's ball sack is like swelling up huge. And the person who does it is like, oh, crap, you know, okay, well, maybe, maybe there's some stuff building up, maybe some kind of drain or I don't know, some kind Blood of thing. or internal bleeding. Something. So they try to open it up to try to relieve the pressure and it makes it worse and it keeps growing and this thing is blowing up like a balloon. This yeah, guy's it's... like, ah, and everyone's freaking out. And in the middle of this, Doe's standing there and he goes, I've made a terrible mistake. Take me to the police. Okay. Let's just stop right there. Yeah. A this few is your, things yeah, about that. Yeah, a few that. things about that. Your all-knowing, very wise leader just said he's made a terrible mistake. Take me to the police. So who was he asking, like, one of the people there, like, stop worrying about this guy who's got rapidly onset of elephantitis? Forget him, take me to the police? I th- no, I don't think he's saying it like that. He's just, I think he's like, oh my gosh, this is all my fault. I've made the terrible mistake. I've led these people here. I, I, you know, agreed to this. And now, oh my gosh, it's so horrible. Just take me to the police. I, I think it was probably more like that. But this is in the middle of all this happening. And it still doesn't you, make sense you to ha- me. I, I mean, 
what terrifying, more terrifying words could you hear from a leader of I've made a terrible mistake, especially in a cult? Meanwhile, the guy that just lost his testicles and he's having major complications from that surgery, the guy's like, you made a mistake? No. You made a mistake? Well, that's, see, that's where us logical people would go. That would be the logical way to think and the train of thought with this. No, this is going to be another time when the group dynamic changes and the followers come to Doe's aid and they are like, no, no, this is okay. They don't say it's a test, but they're like, it's okay. We can handle it. We're going to be good. No one's going to the police. We're fine. So they take this guy who's still having all these complications to a motel because they don't know about the legality of this. They don't want to, you know, they're trying to stay under the radar. Try not to attract attention. Exactly. So one of the guys in the group, you know what he does? He has an idea. I'll call a priest. They have experience with this. Don't, don't they sometimes do this? Yeah, your face exactly what? like what? I When I heard this, I was like cracking up. I'm like, yes, because priests cut their balls off and stuff. I'm like, this was what he thought. And so he calls I a mean, priest. It, the closest <laughs> the, thing is maybe a moil. The priest is like, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> Go to a hospital. I don't know how much of a Jewish population there is in Mexico in the, in the mid-80s. That's, but- that's a whole different part of that. Male anatomy. Yeah, That's but the tip. More than a priest, <laughs> at least. I, I maybe he thought like monks do it or something. This is their thoughts, not mine. But I just thought I had to include that because that was so random. I was like, I know. We'll call a priest. They have experience in this. Priest maybe, is like, I don't know anything about this. <laughs> empty testicles is is take two. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe his empty scrotum was possessed, and they needed to. <laughs> Do an exorcism on this swelling. Oh, my God. No, it was just more like... Did he like, call both an old priest and a young priest? The power of Christ compels you, but I... Yeah, no, it wasn't for an exorcism. It was just he thought priests might have experience with this for their sexual urges. He I'm was wrong. Shrugging so, my shoulders and shaking my head over here. Yes, me too, but we're going to go past that. They finally come to their senses and one of them takes the guy to the hospital. He gets treated. Everything's fine. And he's he's good. A-OK. So they're able to go back and leave. And over and it, it fixes his sexual urges. And he's got good luck with it. So a total of eight men, including Doe and this first guy to go, have this surgery. That's over the next few years and months and stuff. But that first one was a real doozy. Wow. So And you're being imagine being the next guy that goes after they that. They wanted to do this even despite that happening. I know, but just the going thoughts going through his head like, okay, there's a good chance it's gonna happen to me too. So here we go. They're ready to do it. The whole idea too behind this is that this is just to help us while we're on Earth. Because when we go to the next level, the aliens are going to give us fresh bodies. So what does it matter that these bodies are missing a few parts? We won't need these anymore anyway. So exactly, just so, causing trouble for us. And it's going to be a hindrance to us getting to that next level. That's exactly the train of thought right there. Nailed it. Yeah. My ass is like totally numb right now. We need some better chairs. In 1991... 
the group starts recruiting again because they've mainly been in seclusion this whole time. But they're like, hey, getting some money? Or are you twisting the ball sack there? (laughs) No, that had nothing to do with ball sacks. They started recruiting again because they ran out of money. I bet you anything. Maybe. But also, Doe is revising. He's getting messages from T on a regular basis. So everything they do is kind of, T is instructing me. T is telling me to do this. So this is the message from the next level. We need to start recruiting again. They start recording hours long, like 13 straight hours of Doe's preaching. Like, sometimes I think a 30-minute sermon is too long, and I'm like (laughs) dying. You're like, wrap it up, football's coming on. Yeah, but no, this is 13 hours of just next-level bullshit. They've been saying the end is near this whole time, since the early 70s, but that keeps getting pushed out because their prediction doesn't come true. But now the end really is near. The world is about to be recycled. We mean it this time. We mean it this time. It's coming. In 1993, the Waco, Texas, Branch Branch Davidian cult, Mm -hmm. that whole disaster happens where the compound gets burned and the face-off between... Yeah. The what was it was it called? ATF. ATF. I wanted to say ETA. The ATF and the Branch Davidians, big firefight, big yeah. standoff, or what do you call that? Uh, it was a, a standoff for a while, and I'm have to go back and brush up on it, but yeah, that thing. But I'm whole just thing thinking was, for, the, for the word where they had like a standoff where they for like 50 days where they were trying to, you know communicate with them. They wouldn't come out of the compound, whatever that's called. So that is happening in the news. And of course, they see it in Heaven's Gate. And Doe's thinking, well, is this possibly a template for how we could end up? I don't know. It's just other things are happening. Ruby Ridge is happening. Other extremist groups where the government's coming in and blaze of glory, gunfire, So they're thinking, even though that's not us and what we do, is that going to happen to us for our beliefs? Also, they start really getting into heavy recruiting in 93. They place ads in USA Today, like almost half of the page, big ads. This is the final offer, last chance. We are leaving. The only way to save yourself and get off this planet is with us. And I'm going to play you a little clip of his video. Oh, I'm going to, in this episode, we're going to have several clips of things that you can go online and find them. And I highly recommend that you do because to see, first of all, the production value of a 93 video (laughs) is laughable, but to see Doe, this guy doesn't blink hardly. Or he does like a slow blink every like 60 seconds. The rest of the time, his eyes are wide and they just focus on you and it's like, it's scary. His eyes are really wide and he looks very gentle and calm, but the term piercing eyes can very much be applied to him. So I'm going to play that right now. All right. Planet Earth about to be recycled. Your only chance to survive or evacuate is to leave with us. I'll tell you about a kingdom level beyond here. And if you want to go there, then you have to follow me because I'm the guy who's got the key at the moment. This is your chance. I'm here. I can take you out of here. I can 
lead you into that kingdom level above human. That can't happen unless you leave the human world that you're in and come and follow me. Time is short. Last chance. So I want to get your thoughts about what we just listened to, but I do want to note that if you go and watch the video on YouTube or hear a recording of it, there are some significant pauses in some of the parts that he says, like planet Earth about to be recycled. But for the sake of the clip, I took some of those longer pauses and kind of compressed them. So that way we weren't like, okay, get to it. But the way he speaks, he will have kind of, you know, talking about things real quick and then he'll emphasize things. And when he's emphasizing things, he doesn't blink. It's scary. Yeah. And he's trying to convey to you that this is real and this is important and you're an idiot if you don't listen to me. Last chance. 1994 rolls along and the group, this whole time to keep money coming in, they're taking odd jobs. Some of them will go, just individual members will go to a job, come back or do a job for a little bit, leave, get some money. They'll go begging. They'll do random things. One of their random jobs was in San Clemente, California, and it was a gig to test out tents for this tent company. So they're in a warehouse testing out the tents, building them, making sure they're structurally sound and everything. Just another odd job, but hey, it's a place for them to live. They can be in the tents, test. It's kind of a perfect thing for a nomadic cult that's always camping out anyway. Pretty sweet gig. Yeah. This is where Doe asks the group a big question. Are you willing to consider having to lay down our lives to go to the next level? He leaves it open for everyone to discuss, but he also asks each person individually. When I wrote this down and I was reading it, he just kind of puts it out there. And I picture John Travolta from Pulp Fiction, you know, the gif of like, I'm looking around like with his hands out, like, where is it? What do you think? That's what I'm picturing here. Who's with me? He just kind of throws it against the wall, sees if it sticks. And he has everybody say what they want to say. Some people go, you know, this isn't what I'm here for. So they end up losing a few people. Not very many, but a few. And other ones are like, yes, if that's what it takes, if that's what we've got to do, we're on board with it. Again, there's no plans to do it at this point. He's just testing the waters. If this is something we have to do, would you be willing to do it? He also outlines or outlines to them how, if they had to do it, what it would be like. It would be drinking some sort of barbiturate cocktail, going to sleep, and dying peacefully. It wouldn't be any kind of scary, mean death. It would be a nice, soothing, slip into slumber forever kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, it's been nice knowing y'all. Good luck with that. Around 94, 95... The group gets some new members in the wake of the final offer that's being broadcasted out there and all the ads they're doing. They also lose some people because they don't want anything to do, like you said, with dying. They The whole reason they joined this was because we don't have to die. But now you're talking about dying? Okay, we're out. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. If, if you know, in this final offer advertising, are they still... Saying anything, what their original appeal was, is to get to the next level without actually dying? 
Or did they just conveniently cut that out? No. They conveniently cut that out. They don't outright say we're going to take our lives, but they are saying we are leaving and you can leave with us. So interpret that how you will. Gotcha. One of the new members around this time is Rio D'Angelo, and he's going to come into play later in the story. So just remember that name. They're all waiting for the spaceship to come. They're still holding out hope that they don't have to die. They're going to be in their earthly bodies and they're going to get just get picked up. But that never happens. It never comes. Doe tells the group he's gotten new information from T from the next level. We've waited long enough and we may actually, no, we will have to exit, air quotes there, die, exit our earthly bodies like Jesus did. In oh, order just to, exactly like Just Jesus. like Jesus. Um, just the reference that Jesus had to die and then he ascended up into heaven, which goes completely against what they said in the beginning with Jesus, but that's neither here nor there. So they're saying we will have to exit our earthly bodies, and that's what he said. So that's what we're going to have to do. The group's like, so be it. But when is this going to happen? Doe says, well, we will just have to wait for a sign. In other words, I don't know. We're going to do more waiting for it. And we'll know (laughs) whenever this sign happens, we'll know. Thinking about starting a podcast, but not exactly sure how to do it? Buzzsprout was the answer for us, and they can be for you too. They have tons of guides to help you get set up for success, and their customer service is fantastic. I always seem to have a million questions, and each time I've worked with their customer service, they've responded quickly with the detailed information I need. Buzzsprout helps you get listed in all the major podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more, and will upload your episodes to those platforms within minutes of finishing your recording. It couldn't be easier. You'll get a great-looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes, and more. Buzzsprout is offering our listeners a $20 Amazon gift card when you sign up for a paid plan. Click on the link in our show notes to let Buzzsprout know that we sent you and to show support for our show. Paid plans start as low as $12 a month and there's no contracts. Plus, you can cancel anytime. Get the right team in your corner with Buzzsprout, who has already helped over 100,000 podcasters make their dreams a reality. Buzzsprout, the best way to host, promote and track your podcast. Between 1995 and 1996, The group moves into a 7,000-square-foot mansion in Rancho Santa Fe, California, which is a rich part of California, just north of San Diego. The rent there is $7,000 a month. And that was back in the mid-90s. Yep. And they pay that in cash every month. How, you ask? Yes, I do ask. They started designing websites for companies to make money. They developed their own software website design company, which they named Higher Source. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, nice. And so they're making websites right around the time that the internet is really becoming mainstream or sort of mainstream, you know, Windows 95 and AOL getting online. So they're actually making some pretty good dough with doing this. Dough Ah, uh, you get it? Yeah. But um Oh. 
They are, so you, they live in this mansion and the way you would look at it, you're like, holy crap, this, they're, these people are living high off the hog. No, they're living in this mansion like it's a damn summer camp. Mm. They have bunk beds, like several bunk beds per room where several people are in one room together, kind of all crammed around. It's very communal living in a mansion, if you can picture that. They bring in a huge table for all the members, which is about 40-something, to sit in there around and they teach in the mansion. They do their company website stuff in the mansion and live, teach, breathe, work, sleep. Everything is in this mansion. That just, okay. I know it doesn't make sense to even say this, but it doesn't make sense. If they, they're making so much money with this new company, they can afford to buy the, to rent this huge mansion. But you know what? Let's just do bunk beds and camp out basically in this house. Maybe they spent all their money on the house and they couldn't afford anything else. But it's just, why? I mean, a bed, a bed, you can find a bed. You can at least get a mattress as a, Every, I, feel, I feel silly trying to make sense <laughs> already. Yeah. I suggest you don't try to worry about this sort of thing and just enjoy yourself. That goes for you all as well. Thank you. Basil expedition. You're welcome. So everything continues to be con- uh, controlled in the group. Everyone does the same thing. Everyone wears essentially the same thing or the same type of things, has the same kind of haircut, all that. They even have guides and how-to things. So, for example, pancakes. Simple enough. They're controlled. How much batter you can use per pancake. How much time. You have to cook each pancake. That's ridiculous. How, uh, what the portion is for each person, because they have to get the same amount. Remember, there are different sized people in this group. There are small women who are like 90 pounds. There are 200 pound men. Remember that for later. Different body sizes and stuff that need different nutritional things, but everyone has to have the same thing. They are getting these vehicles ready for that next level. They're also encouraged that if they eat something that wasn't exactly right or something had impurities in it, to give themselves enemas. No one's ever forced with any of this, (laughs) but that's it's highly encouraged. It's part of the program. It's part of getting your vehicle ready. Okay, that just makes me think of the Dracula Dead and Loving It movie with Leslie Nielsen. The psychiatrist. Give them a you-know-what. So they're looking for this sign that it's time to exit. These are all very big animated air quotes. In 1996, the Hale-Bopp comet is discovered. This would be the most widely observed comet of the 20th century and also one of the brightest that was seen for many, many decades to come. That was until the Mbop comet. Oh, my. Wow. Thank you. Here's your dad, your dad joke award. That was I mean, that nice. W- that one was just for you because you're such a fan of Hanson. I love Hanson. If Hanson listens, I love y'all. Okay. So, Hale-Bopp Comet, brightest one, and it's also around for like, there's, there's talk of it for like 18 months. And as it gets closer and closer, people can see it. Like, just like sometimes even during the day. Wow. So... It's a big buzz thing, and Doe and the rest of the group sees this and goes, 
That's it. That's our sign. sign. There's our sign. That's our exit. Doe starts believing that there is a spaceship hiding in the tail of the comet. And whenever that comet gets closest to Earth, that's when they can exit suicide. And their souls will go up right in time for that spaceship to grab them. So very much kind of like a, what was that movie where they had to, uh, the, the Martian, where they had to time it just right. Uh, It's kind of that kind of thing. They had to science the shit out of this thing is what you're saying. Exactly. And that's exactly what they did. They, they did calculations of when is Hale-Bopp going to be closest to the earth. And also they wanted to kind of time this around Easter because the resurrection of Christ, we, we got to kind of make it symbolic like that. Of course, if they're, if they're dying and leaving their, their earthly bodies the exact same way that Jesus did, then it makes sense that it's right around that time. Definitely. Exact same, of course. And as luck would have it, air quotes with luck, this was right around the same time that, what? So many air quotes. So many air quotes. I have lots of air quotes in my notes. Your your middle and pointer fingers are going to be cramping up by the end of this. Air quotes, tired. No. So as luck would have it, when Hale-Bopp was going to be closest to Earth, it was actually around the same time. So around late March of 97. Okay. So they discover all this in 96. That means they've got lots of time to make preparations for their exit. Now, on a lighter note, <laughs> this is this will kind of make you smile. The group buys ready for this alien abduction insurance. What? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know this was a thing, but apparently it is. Um, they bought they took out a policy for up to 50 members that would cover alien abduction, impregnation by alien. Well, you got to have that. Or death by aliens. And this policy would pay a um, million dollars per person for up to 50 people. I have no idea how much it cost or who it was through, but they bought alien abduction insurance on the group. You know, if you think about it from a business aspect, um, the insurance company doing the underwriting here isn't, they're really not undertaking a ton of risk. Like, sure, we'll take the, your money. How do you prove that? Well, my biggest question was who's, who are the beneficiaries if they're thinking the whole group's gonna get, gonna go? Great who does question. that money go to? And I did not get any answer on that because they have gone away from all their earthly attachments. They are their only group. So that is. Excellent question. I bet Doe had it set up all for him. Well, he's going too, so I don't know. 1997 rolls around, and at some point early in the year, Rio D'Angelo, remember him? He decides, I don't know why, but I need to leave the group for a task. That's in air quotes too. Mm -hmm. It's something for the class, I know, but I don't just don't know what it is, but I, I'm feeling very strongly that I need to leave. So he talks to Doe, and Doe's like, okay, it must be part of this design for whatever this is. You have my blessing. Go ahead and go. So D'Angelo leaves the group. Mid-March, this is mid-March of 1997, the group records exit or farewell statements in videos, and this is 
in the backyard of the mansion, like on the patio. You can see the palm trees and it's really nice manicured lawn. And they're sitting there in plastic white lawn chairs. Sometimes it's just one person. Sometimes it's two people on camera. And at one point there's three of the members sitting there. Okay. And not everybody does um, a, an exit video, but most of them do. I'm going to play some clips of the exit videos for y'all now. I want you to know that this is a very small sample because the video, the complete video of all the exit videos is about two hours long. You can see it on YouTube and I do recommend watching it like with all of these clips because body language is really important, but watching their face, watching how they hold themselves, do they look under duress? Do they look happy? Like how do they actually look? So I'm going to play that clip for y'all now. Okay, before we move on to Questody, one last question. How do you feel about what is ahead for us? Oh, hey, this, this is the happiest day of my life. <laughs> I mean, I've been looking forward to this for so long. Um, some some would, would probably sit here and, I mean, somebody on the other side of this camera watching this tape would probably say, what's, what's going on? You know, you all um, must not have a life or you, you're, you're deluded or you're, or you're brainwashed, or whatever the thinking might be. I, I, it's hard to tune into. Um, from our perspective, from my perspective, this is this is uh, Godson. I mean, this is this is the answer to everything. Well, I just want to let everyone know how lucky and happy I feel to be here, and let you know that what we're about to do is certainly nothing to think negatively about. We're all choosing of our own free will to go to the next level with T and Doe. That's right. And they are certainly not what the media is going to paint them out to be. I think I feel just like Arasodi does. And if people would just know that we're not forced into this in any way, it's, you know, our own choosing to do it. And I'm really happy that I made this choice because there was a lot of things kind of working against me not to, I'm sure. <clears throat> I mean, I know there was people in the world who thought that I had completely lost my marbles. <laughs> They're not right. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't have made a better choice. And I think I need to every day thank T and O on the next level for even letting me be here because they don't. They don't need anybody. <laughs> We're very happy and proud to have been members of Tito's class and couldn't be happier about what we're about to do. <laughs> Actually, they couldn't, you all couldn't really know it unless you have, had done what we had done and been through what we had been through, but I think you can trust you could trust uh, our judgment in this. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably enough. And that uh, we might see you all again, and then we might not. But we hope that you remember us as we were, and not how other people are going to try and tell you that we are. And one last thing we'd like to say is, 39 to beam up. Thank you. <laughs> I want to say that Nerodi is of sound mind, and although what's inhabiting this vehicle 
is not, I am inhabiting the, the vehicle. And I'm really glad that I'm going to be losing this vehicle, shedding it of my own volition, because I'm really tired of this world and what it has become. I've made the conscious choice to willfully exit this vehicle or body that I'm wearing. I'm fully aware that to stay here, to reject the choice to go to the next level, to separate from the kingdom of God is suicide. But the bottom line is, is that I am doing this of my own free will. I have chosen to do it. It's not somebody, something that somebody brainwashed me into or convinced me of. T and O, we owe everything to them. We're going to lay these vehicles down here shortly, and we're going to. What we're doing is we're going home. I've listened to these several times in editing and everything, and I just this time around caught something new, but I want to discuss that at the end. But I want to get your thoughts on that before we move on. It's chilling. It's chilling for me to listen to that. There's a lot of things to discuss about that, and maybe we can dig deeper into it later. But it's just chilling to hear them talk about, well, what we're about to do and being giddy about it. Like they're about to go on a road trip for the first time or about to move to a new state or something is what it sounds like. Yeah. It's very much how it sounds. It's not a reality of death to them. It is, like you said, it's something exciting to them. They also recorded throughout their last days and weeks together um, a couple of the trips that they went on. They really, in the end, lived it up. They went to SeaWorld and they watched, you know, the Magic Kingdom show. They went to, I think, the San Diego Zoo. They did go to Vegas and did a little gambling. I think they won like $50. Woo! Yeah, something, you know, they they rode on the stratosphere. They they really had a lot of fun on this earth that they hate so much, which mm-hmm. I thought was an interesting point. In addition to their trips and all these fun things that they were doing, in the last days, they recorded a talent show. At the beginning of part one of the Heaven's Gate saga, I told you that there was going to be a connection with the sound of music. Yes. We already learned about that with Bonnie and her daughter. That Mm -hmm. was her daughter, Terry's favorite movie. And they would sing it, and she made her the clothes from like the Von Trapp family kids. They took on the names T and Doe from the musical scale, which can also be tied in with Marshall's musical background and stuff. Okay, yeah. But something else tied them with Sound of Music. I'm going to play something for you, and I want to see what your reaction is to it. This was taken from their talent show, and it's of the group singing something. Related to Sound of Music. Okay. And also, I want you to listen to the lyrics. This, the only recording I could find of this was in that Glenn Washington hosted um, podcast series that I told you about titled yes. Heaven's Gate. It's a 10-part series. You can find, I think it was produced by Stitcher and Pineapple Media, but it was the one that we talked about in series one. I'm going to make sure I right. link to that. And this was... The only time I've heard this, I've heard other people talk about it. Only time I've actually heard the recording. So they play a little bit of it. 
And then the host comes in and talks over it or other people talk over it. They play a little bit. Host comes back in. So I cut those parts out. I just want y'all to hear the actual singing. Okay. So it's going to be a little bit, then it's going to drop off. Then it'll kind of pick up in the song. So it's just going to be like little snippets of it, but trying to give you as much of this song that you can hear. Got it. think we'll be hearing that in iTunes or Apple Music or Spotify. I really dug to try to find a recording of this. And because it's on these home movies, I guess just the people who ended up with them after everything happened. Whoever have had it. access to that shared it directly with them. Right. Possibly. So don't come at me. People talk about it all the time, but I just, I wanted y'all to be able to hear it because... Talking about it is one thing, but hearing it is another, and that's the a really strong connection with Sound of Music there, a very strong connection. They made it their own little theme song. Yeah, some of those lyrics were a stretch, but the ones I could actually hear. Yeah. So, Doe ends up taking making copies. After they record all these videos, Doe makes copies of them along with his final exit video. And he sends this out with some information and instructions to a few very trusted people to keep them safe. One of these trusted people is Rio D'Angelo, who, remember, recently left. Mm -hmm. Now it's March 21st, and the group decides to go out for a final meal. Oh. They go to Marie Callender's <laughs> and what? Nothing. I'm I'm sure it was a delicious meal. Just It's a place that they frequented. Oh, okay. I wouldn't figure they'd go out to restaurants a lot. They do. So they go out to Marie Callender's and they all order the same thing. Of course. course. <laughs> Jinx. They order iced tea, salad with a tomato vinaigrette dressing, turkey pot pie, and cheesecake with blueberries. Going crazy. Going ham. So the group pays the whole bill in cash, and as they leave, they each shake the waiter's hand. And the waiter's like, you know, oh, thanks for coming. Come back and see us. Nope. Little does he know, that's not going to happen. Nope. Later, the waiter would say that they were all very, very nice, very pleasant and polite and happy. There were no signs of any sadness or duress with anybody. They were just happy, nice people. Now, trigger warning here, we're about to get into the actual suicides. So if this is something that is a sensitive topic for you, you may not want to listen to this part. 
Sometime between March 22nd and March 26th of 1997, the suicides took place in the mansion. We know from estimates of times of death and also by documents left behind at the mansion that the suicide occurred in three shifts or three groups and over several days. They just don't know which days exactly. Several days? Several days. So for at least a couple days, there were some of those people that were just chilling around the house with dead bodies in there. We'll get to it. Ooh. The first group, and this is going to be 39 people total. The first group is 15 people. The second group is 15 more people. And the last group is the remaining nine. Okay. Everyone does the same thing, like always. They all put on matching black track suits. They have custom arm patches on the sleeve that say Heaven's Gate Away Team. Oh, geez. There's that, a patch right, right there. there. Yeah. Okay. So you got stars. the stars. You got the little sort of sun or something at the bottom, and you have that one streaking. Maybe that's the comet. Probably. The star with the, the streak behind it or the tail. To me, it looks very nerdy, sci-fi, 90s, very Star Trek-y. Yeah. And, or like a, a Star Trek uh, fan club would make, which essentially they were. They love Star Trek. So everybody has this patch on their arms. They also all are wearing black Nike Decade Edition shoes that have a white swoosh. Each person packs a duffel bag and has it next to them. They also have in their pockets any IDs that they would have, you know, driver's license, passport, any kind of ID, a $5 bill, and three quarters. It's a very specific denomination there. It is. There's significance to this. Basically, every time they would go out to a job, they would have to sign out their keys, sign out their IDs. Right, you talked about Say that. when they were going to be there, when they were going to come back and sign back in. Anytime they signed out, they would always take their IDs, obviously, and they would take a $5 bill, which I learned would cover any vagrancy laws in the states that they were staying in. Don't know what that is, but that's what the $5 bill was for. And Y'all also, help us out with that because I got yeah, no clue either. Well, I'm sure Google can help us with it, but I didn't bother to look into it because whatever it was, they always took a $5 bill to cover this law, vagrancy law. And they also always had three quarters on them because at that point, at that point in time, people used pay phones. They didn't have cell phones. So it was for making calls. If you needed to call somebody, you always took three quarters. Somebody hit you up on your pager. No, they didn't even have pagers in that hold it up high so you can see they wouldn't have had pagers anyway so when they were going on their suicide on their final exit they took their ids and the five dollar bill and the three quarters kind of is almost a morbid joke of like you know or just a morbid callback to we're signing out for the last time y'all they also had their ids on them to help identify the bodies okay for whenever they were found every single thing was very specifically laid out to how they were going to die, what they were going to wear, and who was going to find out and when. All planned. So these shifts followed instructions that were found by the police. This was the instructions, I'm quoting this. 
drink the vodka, eat a few teaspoons of pudding or applesauce, stir in the powder and eat it quickly. Drink some more of the, quote, vodka medicine, lay down, relax, fall asleep soon. After the breathing has slowed down, use plastic bag to be sure, end wow. quote. So what they would do is, just as that said, they'd drink some vodka. They would have some bites of either applesauce or pudding, depending on what they want. They would put the powder that they're referring to is phenylbarbital, a lethal amount of that, into this applesauce or this pudding. They would eat that down real quick and then have some more vodka. Medicine. Medicine. Lay down. They'd all be, you know, in their tracksuit, and then someone would help them put a bag over their head. They would first fall asleep, and then the phenylbarbital would make the lungs stop working, so they would, you know, slowly suffocate, kind of go into a coma, and the bag was just to be sure that they weren't coming out of it. Make sure they didn't hang on by thread long enough to where that went out of their system, and then they revived. Yeah, I had the question of why would they use alcohol if it was all no alcohol, but I thought about it, and you see on any kind of sedative medicine, it says not to take with alcohol because it increases the effects. It's exactly why they took alcohol, because they wanted to really make sure. A deadly cocktail. Right. Next, they laid down, so they ate this stuff up. They laid down in their bunk beds or mattresses. They had someone put that plastic bag over their head, the people who were the helpers were the groups that hadn't gone yet. So the first group goes, they do this ritual. Vodka, eat the applesauce, put the stuff in the applesauce or pudding, eat that down, drink more vodka, lay down, get comfy. The helpers put a bag over their head. And then once they are, the helpers are watching them and making sure, okay, they're not breathing anymore, they're dead. The helpers would remove the plastic bag and cover the head and the torso with a purple shroud. They all had the same shrouds ready for everybody. And then the next shift would go, and they would repeat the process. And the people left would help those people, and so on and so forth. I wonder why they waited so long. It's not explained. Not that I found. Maybe just to make double, triple sure after the bag, make sure somebody didn't wake up later. I'm not sure. I think they wanted to have a ceremony about it or with it. Mm. So Doe and two other people were the last to go. So three people left. The two members, not Doe, obviously, assisted Doe. So they repeat the process. When he dies, they remove the bag and they add the shroud. When it's their time to eat and drink and put the bag on, they die. But no one's there to take the bag off their head. Or put the shroud on. So, but just think of that. There's no one there to help them. On March 26, D'Angelo gets the package, which is sent by Doe, and that contains two VHS tapes. One is Doe's final exit video, and the other is the one with the farewell messengers from the followers. There's also a letter in there saying, quote, we have exited our vehicles just as we entered them, end quote. He realizes, oh man, something's going on. So he goes over to the mansion and checks and he brings a video camera with him. Not sure why, not sure if that was part of the the process, but he does. 
And at the door, before he goes in, he can already smell the pungent odor. Oh, jeez, I can imagine. Already smell this. So he braces himself. He goes in and he's looking around. He sees all the computers that the group had are all flashing red alert, red alert, just over and over and over on the computers. He calls out. There's no sound. No, no one's saying anything back. He goes upstairs and that's where he finds all of them wow. dead. So he calls 911, but the call is really odd. Listen. Hello? Yes, um, I need to uh, report uh, uh, an anonymous tip. Who do I talk to? Uh, okay. This is regarding what? And, uh, this is regarding a mass suicide, and I can give you the address. Okay, so he didn't seem too particularly affected by all this, based on how he sounded, how his voice sounded. Yeah, he just said it very matter-of-factly and just kind of... And he also, did you catch that he said this is an anonymous tip? Yes. We later find out, obviously, the police do their job and they find out that was him who called and confirmed it and everything, but at the time, he called in an anonymous tip. Yes. Didn't say who he was. So I found that really interesting. I'm thinking either he was afraid he would get in trouble somehow for it, or maybe it's just a carryover. They had the whole culture of being suspicious or wary of any government or mm-hmm. authorities. Possibly. So he calls 911. Police go out there the same day. This is still March 26th. And they start searching the, the mansion. They can smell the smell as well. Yeah. And they just take it room by room. And they see all the bunk beds in these rooms, several bodies. One of the shows I was watching on this, you can hear the actual like recorder of the crime scene cop going through. And he's like, okay, we have one, two, three, four bodies in here. Going to the next room, we have one, two, three bodies in here. And you just hear him go on to counting And they come to the last room, which is the master bedroom, and they find Doe. And in total, it's 39 bodies. Dang. The interesting thing is that when they're going room by room and they see all the bunk beds and see people laying out and kind of like the the landing part, it's like they're not even, some people aren't even in rooms. They're, They're just got like cots and makeshift mattresses on tables and just laying all around in like a common area. And they're all kind of clustered together. But Doe is all alone in the master bedroom, which is huge. So I guess he didn't want to share his space. Everybody else had to cluster together like summer camp, but he had this huge room all to himself. Just an interesting thing, I thought. The police find notes and lists everywhere from to-do lists to the guides on how to live your life and get to the next level. But some of the to-do lists include things like stop pool service, stop trash service, pay these bills. And that was the kind of things that they found there. They were determined to go and they were making sure, just like if you moved a checklist of these are the things we need to stop at this residence. Transfer the electric service to the new address. Yeah, only not. No forwarding address this time. Yeah, exactly. The initial reports coming out was at first that it was a cult of all men. Or some reports even said a cult all women. And this unfortunately gave a lot of the families false hope. Oh, yeah. Because they heard, you know, oh, well, if they had a a daughter, they're like, oh, thank goodness. I mean, that's not 
it's bad for this group going, but you know, that's not my daughter because it was men and women. But then the truth came out is that they all looked the same because they were so focused on being genderless. They all had the same haircut. They wore the same clothes. They looked the same, didn't have makeup on or anything like that. So in total, 21 women and 18 men were found, their bodies, between the ages of 26 and 72. Wow. The news of the mass suicide shocked the world. And the aftermath of finding it was crazy. There was a media explosion. As soon as they were called out there, there was just the streets were lined up with reporters and everybody, yes, trying to get this. This was big breaking news. And stories about how the cult started out and what they believe started coming into the public knowledge. And the autopsies were being done. What was interesting is that during the autopsies, when they're testing for, you know, how did they die? Was there murder where they held down? Didn't find any of that. They found that these people did that. It was a suicide for each of these person. They they weren't coerced. Again, I know you probably, we, we have ideas and beliefs about that, but the action of them dying was they took it. Nothing was forced into them. Right. There's no like injections or anything like that. And they, uh, the medical examiner comes out and notes that some of the people had the lethal doses in them, that what they took of the phenobarbital and the alcohol would have killed them for sure. Right. But most of them didn't. Some portions, you know, don't work for all sizes. You have these little 90-pound females and this 200-pound guy, but they're getting the same portion. It's not going to be the same thing. So those people, majority of them just died by asphyxiation. Exactly. They died because of the bag. Wow. But they did that because they wanted to be sure. Well, imagine if they hadn't done the bag, you would have had maybe a third of them die. Yeah. Some of them maybe you know stuck in comas or brain damage or something, and then some of them come out okay. Yeah. We won't know because that wasn't their... They were going to go through with it. Yeah. It, they took the steps to make sure. One of uh, the former members who wasn't there on the suicide was a man named Chuck Humphreys. He actually held a press interview like within a week of this happening. And he was trying to defend what they did, defend their actions and try to explain to the world why they did what they did. And it's not a bad thing. He goes on the news with doing this. And then on May 6th of 1997, Chuck and another former member, Wayne Cook, they attempt suicide in the same fashion in a hotel. They wear the track suits, track suits, the Nikes, everything like that. The police learn about this and they go to stop it. Unfortunately, it was too late for Wayne. He did die. But Chuck survived oh. and was saved. And he recovered. And they put him in a mental institution for years. And then he comes out and he's like, you know what? I was spared to do a mission here on earth. Unfortunately, later he did complete suicide in February of 1998. Wow. May 11th of 1997, James Perky Jr., another former member, died by suicide by a gunshot to the head. So as many as three, maybe some more that we aren't aware of, took their lives after the initial mass suicide. So yeah. 
Weeks after the suicide, Nike actually discontinued that decade edition line of shoes because they didn't want anything to do with this. And that was really coming out in the media. They were all wearing the Nike edition shoes. All those pictures too, I imagine. Exactly. The uh, Now that that model of shoe has become a collector's item and it's very, you know, morbid collectors. Yeah. And an unused, unworn pair can go for as much as $6,000 on eBay. Yeah. Also, just a few weeks afterwards, um, SNL did a bit about the cult being okay and they made it to the spacecraft and they were poking jokes and making fun of things and it was just really not in a great taste. I mean, you usually let some time go by. Did you say a few weeks? A few weeks after this oh, happened. That these is were people's so wrong. These are people's babies that just these that families so are grieving. Can and, you imagine being like one of the family members? No, I can't. And you just you're like, okay, a few weeks have gone by. Maybe I'll turn on the TV like I always do in Saturday night just to keep my mind off of things and maybe laugh a little bit. Yeah. And then you see that. That was the intro there. You know, they always do like a little bit or a monologue. Live from New York at Saturday night. Yeah. And then lastly, the Heaven's Gate website is still up and running today. And it actually, it's heavensgate.com. Okay. And it looks exactly as it did when they all committed suicide, just like they did in 1997, still flashing that red alert. And it's maintained to this day by two former cult members. That is the story of Heaven's Gate. That's the complete end of it. And I want to show you just real quick some of these pictures. You can see them. Like they're just on the floor. Tracksuits sticking out. I wonder, I mean, if they didn't have enough beds for everybody there, were they sleeping in shifts or? No idea. That's that's just the thing I wonder when you describe they had to, you know, Oh gosh, they're all stacked up in the back of that truck. And look, they're they're on a table, and th- see how they all have their little bags right next to them. Yeah. And then look, they're taking the bodies out here. There's all their luggage, and you can just see bodies stacked up in the coroner's van. And that's awful. It's just it's so sad. And I mean, there was some stuff. There's lots of stuff that we could talk about this, but I had a few like really pressing things that I wanted to discuss, and then I want to see what you want to talk about, but. I have a question for you and for our listeners, and it's, do you think that the group would have turned to suicide if T hadn't died, if she had still been around during this time? No, I have to say, I I don't think so, because I think the whole suicide thing came about because Doe realized he was in too deep. He didn't know what to do. All of their predictions, none of them came true. So he's thinking... How do I, I have no exit strategy. You know, this, I don't think in his mind, he really, truly 100% believed anymore that any of this was real. So he's thinking, how can this possibly end if we're not going to go up on a ship? And then he saw the other cults where everybody was dying. But he didn't want it to end like Waco or Jonestown. Yeah. In the hysteria and chaos. He wanted it to be orderly. Yeah, that's a good way to think of it. I... I believe, and this is something that Bonnie's daughter, Terry, has spoke out about saying, you know, I don't think that they would have gone the suicide route. I think probably it would have just either dwindled down to a very few small group 
I don't think they would have continued as intensely. It might have just disbanded altogether because remember from part one, when Bonnie was sending those secret letters to her daughter, she was telling her to conform to society, which was the opposite of what they were teaching. And Bonnie took that to believe, I'm sorry, not Bonnie, uh, Terry took that to believe that she was starting to doubt what she was doing and what they were teaching. So I don't think that it would have gone that way, but sadly that is what happened. And once she died, it was all about Doe. You know what? I won't even say that it was all about Doe because that dynamic of he would have loose faith and then all of a sudden the followers banded together and supported him and brought him back up. So it was almost, it was very much that group think, that dangerous group think that it wasn't just one crazy person leading everybody. These people believed wholeheartedly in what they were doing and if anybody started doubting it, they were going to support him. And, and, you know, no, no, it's okay. This is this is just another test. They found a way to rationalize it yeah. and make it fit into their belief system, which is really, really scary. And the other, the other thing that was brought up um, in one of these videos was, I wonder, and we'll never know, what the last moments of were the, when these people were dying because the only people that witnessed it were the groups that hadn't gone yet. I wonder, did any of them have any regrets at the end or think, oh, damn, maybe this wasn't a good idea? Yeah. I mean, they it were... would have been too late. But They could have walked out of there at any point. That's true. Uh, from what they all kept saying is that this is all our own choice. It's our decision. We do this willingly. Right our own free will, which was very programmed, you could tell, because they were all saying the same thing. Yeah, I I did want to talk about that too, is I noticed how many of them were saying, I am of sound mind, and I'm, this is, we want to do this, we want to be here, this is my choice. And the the sad thing with it all is that they all were adults, and they could choose that, and, and sad that they chose that route, but They listened to the person they chose to listen to. And based on that, they made the decisions. And they do have a point in that nobody was forcing them. It was all the lies that they were fed in that that group think, like you said, that led them to that point. The last thing that I want to say is what struck me is how selfish and self-centered this entire thing had been. In what way? Well, what's their main goal? For me, as an individual, to leave everyone else in this world behind and get to where I am safe. I'm going to leave my spouse high and dry. I'm going to leave my kids high and dry. I'm going to leave my mom, my parents, my friends, my job. I'm just going to go hang out in the wilderness and, and for 20 years... If anybody was there the whole time, I don't know if there were any people that were there the whole time with them or not, but I'm going to do that because I want to go. Forget everybody else. And you could hear that in that song. Ray, from the lyrics that I could pick out, Ray was the beam that was focused on me. 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 Yeah. It's all about me. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what's been the theme all along. 
no, 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 we can't give up, though. You can't give up because I need to get to that next level. They were all seeking. Any cult I've ever looked into, they're seeking and they're preying on those people that are looking for something that they don't have. And those cult leaders are going to fill that void. And there's promises and you make it seem like every, if you just follow me, you'll get exactly what you're looking for. And sadly, in most of the cases, it's death. And they were willing to go to all those extremes, their lifestyle, their hairstyle, their fashion, their way they ate, their testicles, quality of life, their balls, all those things. <laughs> He's nuts. <laughs> Daddy. But yeah, all those things because they wanted something for themselves that they knew other people couldn't have, but forget all them. Screw you. I'm going to go up in this, in this spaceship with these really cool space aliens that like us. If I can quote, dude, where's my car? And this is made into, into pop culture. Not only dude, where's my car copied it in the, I've seen videos of the Grand Theft Auto game. Part of that is a cult. I think they call it um, Kiflam. And they're all wearing like powder blue track suits and matching shoes. And they all look the same. The track suits are the ones that, when I was first researching this, I didn't know the name Heaven's Gate right off, um, right off the bat. But when I started getting to, okay, matching track suits, matching this, doing that, everyone looking the same, it started to remind me of something, and I realized what it was. When we, way back in the early 2000s, still had DVDs, mm-hmm. we bought several seasons of Family Guy. And in the first season, I believe it is, when Meg wasn't was Mila... Meg. Yeah, when May, uh, Meg wasn't yet Mila Kunis, it was like the first actress who played her name, her her voice... I think it's only like in the first two seasons that it's someone else. But yeah, she makes that friend, remember, who's all like, it's totally great. And her eyes are always like crossed and she's she takes him back there to the and Stewie's talking about the man in white trying to put him, you know, that he saw coming out of the womb. And that's Marshall. And they're all there in tracksuit. So that's like a callback to I that. Have so to go now back, watch that. And there have to be so many more that we can't think oh, of yeah. now. But in, in fact, anyone who's listening, please let us know any other examples you can think of yeah, that you've share seen it. to share where pop culture has emulated or made fun of or copied this Heaven's Gate thing in some way. Because it does stand out from all the other cults. Yeah. I mean, having such an orderly end versus all the chaos of Jonestown, for example. Right. And the, no sex, no drugs, no, no um, violence. It was very peaceful, very... Like they almost lived like monks, you know, celibate and very solemn in their beliefs and everything. Just very different from normal, he said, normal uh, cults, which are usually, you know, um, they have violence in them and they use drugs and other mind things to control people, but especially drugs and sex. They get a lot of men in the group because the women are, you know, they use the women to pull them in and stuff like that. So. It's uh it's a very different kind of cult that stands out, but no less scary. Yeah. And the most ironic thing about it is 
It's all that time that they're denying those earthly things themselves, shedding all that, all those things that would be self-centered we would consider in this life. It was really all just for a really selfish reason in the end. Yeah. But last question. I think I know your answer, but I still want to ask. Do you think they're on a spaceship somewhere? Um, Do you think it worked? No. Just like that episode of Spooked we were listening to where the guy sees the ghost of his his relative or or by by marriage relative who killed himself and the ghost tells him it didn't help, no, nothing's better, something to that effect. That's what that reminded me of anyway. But no, I don't I don't think it worked. I don't think they went up into a spaceship and I don't think there was a spaceship in the, the trail of the comet. What about you? I concur. <laughs> I think they died for nothing, and it's really sad. But scary how the human mind can can be so latched onto something, so desperate for something to be true that you convince yourself, you convince others. Scary. Yeah. And when you slough off all your attachments, you can make it seem like that there is nothing to live for in this world. That reminds me, I'm so sorry. I was about to wrap this up and I, I mentioned when we played those exit videos that I caught something for the first time. Oh yeah, what was that? I realized how they were talking about their bodies. There was, it just hit me this, this attachment, even the way they spoke about their human bodies was like they didn't have the concept of this is a living, breathing human machine. It was something that they were wearing. Not human machine. It was like something they were wearing, something you can easily just trade in. And, you know, the saying, you only get one life. And I, I heard that in multiple statements when they were talking about that. So you can go back and listen to it, just see if you catch up on that. But the the terms that they were using, it was almost like, somebody who learned English for the first time and was trying to put concepts. It, it didn't make sense mm -hmm. the way they were talking about the, their human bodies. Right. And how we're going to lay this vehicle down. And although I believe the essence or a spirit or person can exist outside their body, I do believe that. Yeah. But I don't believe someone has control necessarily over what happens to that spirit or essence of your person when you willingly, quote-unquote, lay down that vehicle mm. and you stop that vehicle from functioning, we can't know for sure what exactly what's going to happen those seconds after, especially say, I'm going to go into the spaceship that I'm convinced is, is in outer space. I'm just going to beam myself up there. That's scary. And I think that's a really good place to leave y'all with that thought, that chilling Thought. There's a lot to chew on with this one. I imagine you and I are probably going to be, oh yeah, I remember that thing I was going to tell you right? later. Oh, you know, tomorrow we're going to be bringing more stuff about this. Yeah. But we'd, as always, love to hear what y'all think about this one and um, this and everything else. And don't forget to connect with us on all the socials. And you can find links to all of our socials and to our episodes and email and everything on our website, childrenthrill.com. Right. And you can find us on Instagram at Chilled and Thrilled Podcast. 
on Facebook, Children Thrilled Podcast, and on Twitter, Thrilled underscore pod. If you want to send us a Gmail, you can do that at childrenthrilledpodcast at gmail.com. And we thank you all for listening. It would be great if y'all could hop over to iTunes store, leave us a review, let us know what you think, share us with some friends, leave us some stars, preferably five, but you know. Don't you mean Apple Podcasts? Apple Podcasts, but you can still go to iTunes store. Oh, really? Like the iTunes store and leave the review. Okay. Yeah. Or anywhere that you uh, listen to your podcast, if you can leave a review there too, that'd be great. iTunes is kind of like the one that really counts because that's the one that kind of gets you shown in other things. But all right. Good to know. Yeah. But we appreciate all of y'all. Share us if you like what you hear. And until next time. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Bye.